Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the ninth chapter. When they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them, and scribes arguing with them. And immediately, all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to Jesus and greeted him. He asked them, What are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, throws him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy. And he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out. And the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Only, is this familiar? Only you can prevent forest fires. Is that familiar? All right. Everyone gets a, a, you know, a chuckle there. Everyone's giggling because all you guys recognize what I just said. It's a simple message, but it's also very iconic. Uh, I never really remember seeing a television commercial where there is like a voice, but we all know who says that message, right? Smokey the Bear. Smokey, or just Smokey Bear, Smokey the Bear. Only you can prevent forest fires. That was his message. In fact, this is what I learned, uh, nine out of 10 forest fires are actually caused by people, by human beings. Uh, But people didn't know that back then. They thought that forest fires just happened. Um, Little did they know that in nine out of 10 cases, it was because of what a person had done. So people didn't know just how much damage a few embers left behind in a campfire or, you know, a cigarette butt flicked out of a car on your way home from a national forest what that could do to droughted land or just seasonably dry forests and vegetation. 
Well, in 2018, you guys remember before, like, coronavirus took the main stage of, like, what we were thinking about and talking about, when, like, over 1,000 acres of forest was burned to cinders in the Pacific Northwest. Well, I found out by doing some research that it cost over $400 billion in damage. And that's like a lot of money. Uh, that's almost half of a trillion dollars. Um, a big fire. The good thing is that according to market research, as of today, people have been warned. Uh, according to a 2018 survey, actually, no matter the age of the person, eight out of 10 people, they, rec- they, they recognize who Smokey the Bear is, and they recognize his message that only you can prevent forest fires. Even though we still live with that reality of forest fires, uh, now at least we know who's to blame. Us, people. It's another aspect of our fallen, sinful human nature that for some reason we like to start forest fires. St. James the Just, the brother perhaps half-brother of our Lord Jesus Christ. He writes to us today to tell us of how great a fire or forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And he says that the tongue is that small fire. Well, we have been warned. Now we know that only we can prevent forest fires. I'll spare you a lecture, a a preached sermon about gossip, the dangers of gossip, but I, because I think that the forest fire analogy alone is enough, combined with the James reading that our brother Jerry so graciously read to us. So I want to instead lead us to the gospel reading today. In the gospel reading, we see another kind of the aspect of the tongue uh, that can cause trouble. Jesus is again out among the many sick. He is with the excluded, those that are outside the reign of God. He comes across a man and his son. They're brought to him. And the son is possessed by a mute spirit. Very strange thing. Now, before I move on from the forest fire and just all the research I was doing, I don't know, it was kind of fun. I found out something else that was interesting. A big push for why the government invented Smokey the Bear, why they needed to put out this, you know, ironically put out, but why they brought up this whole statistic of 9 out of 10 forest fires being started by people was that there was a very real enemy threat to light parts of California on fire. Uh, since the nation's firemen were away at war in the 40s. Now, this, is, this, this sounds crazy. This sounds crazy, but it's real. The Japanese Empire, they actually attempted multiple times to shell oil fields near the Los Padres National Forest to set it on fire and uh, burn down California. They also sent out over 9,000 fire balloons, so balloons with fire in them, into the jet stream. And they did actually successfully make it to the United States, and they caused forest fires 
actually resulting in death. Uh, actually killing a family of six in 1945. Crazy. And I had never, never heard of this. But what's the message? Why do I bring this up? I bring it up because the message is that the fire is coming from the enemy. The fires caused by the tongue come from the enemy, from sin, from the sinful nature, from unbelief, from refusal to repent. Gossip, of course. It's caused by the sinful nature, the evil one, Satan. The enemy was doing his best to keep this young boy in the gospel from being able to confess with his tongue that Jesus is Lord and to come to him. And it caused quite a strain on this boy's family. It brought his father to doubt his faith in the Lord. He says, yes, I believe, but help my unbelief. He cried out. He cried out to Jesus, which is what the Lord expects from us when we're going through life's troubles. So Jesus rebukes this spirit. He calls it by name. He commands it with full authority. He says, come out and never enter him again. And the spirit did. It left. And the boy was like a corpse. So much so that people were like, geez, this kid is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and he raised him up. When we, you guys, whoops, when you, hey, I made a vow that I would start saying ye and you. But I think, I don't know, it's confused. You is for the second person plural. And so I'd have to be speaking to one of ye to say ye. Forgive me. When you, when I, when we were joined with Christ in our baptism, we were joined in his death. And that's the truth of it. In the baptismal font back there, we joined with Jesus in his death. We died, we were buried with Christ in that baptism. But just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now so also we may live new lives and share in his life. We know that we've been united with him in his death. We've heard it a million times. But we've also been raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Jesus on the cross So that sin might lose power in our lives. We're no longer slaves, servants to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we and since we died with Christ, we know that we also now will live with him. We're sure of this because Christ has been raised from the dead and he'll never die again. He's the firstborn of the dead. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Romans 6. Jesus cast out that mute spirit out of us in our baptisms, in our faith in him, and it caused us to appear to be dead. In fact, I'm sure a few of you actually cried when you were baptized. I don't know, I wasn't there. But he didn't leave us dead. He took us by the hand and raised us up 
not only from the laying down state of one who appears to be dead, but raised up to true new life in him. And so now we don't need to feel helpless with that poison, the fire that is in our mouth, the tongue. Read with me the Old Testament for today. The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught, that I may know how to sustain with the word him who is weary. How sweet are those words? Honey. What a privilege it is that I get, I get to tell you every week about God's word and how it sustains you. How it gives you peace, it soothes you. What a privilege that we live in a period of time in history where every day we all have this endless supply, this library of Alexandria in our pockets, with endless amounts of resources online, whether they be devotions, whether they be Bibles, whether they be, you know, books of all sorts. They're on our bookshelves too, I swear. I've been in some of your houses. All of these chances to hear a good word. To hear a good word from God's Bible, God's word. It's all at our fingertips. You know, sometimes, sometimes you, you, I, we're weak. We have all sorts of crud going on in our lives. And we think that an acceptable way to blow off steam is to start a fire with our tongue to distract from the own pain and suffering in our lives by setting something, someone, people, else, other than us, on fire. Or maybe even to curl up, to stay quiet, to be seized on the tongue by a mute spirit, to not call out to God. But hear this, my beloved. Christ's grace is sufficient for you. His power is made perfect in weakness. When you are weak, you are made strong through Jesus Christ by his word. Christ's word of forgiveness, his comfort, they are for you. The gift of a learned tongue isn't only mine because I studied at the seminary for four years. The gift of a learned tongue is yours as well. Because you are Christians, you are baptized, you have new life, you have new tongues, Christ's tongue, torn out in his suffering, his death, and given to you in your new life. The Spirit will give you God's word to speak to your friend, your co-worker, your pastor, your family member, your enemy, your loved one when you are saturated in the Holy Scriptures. Jesus gives you his tongue. Every person you meet is an opportunity to practice this, to practice not only kindness, but to practice holding your tongue, not just saying the first thing that comes out of your your mind, whatever you've cooked up up there, but instead to take the chance to build the other person up, even if you don't want to, to sustain them in their weakness as, your, as their Christian brother, to, in their weakness, make them strong, 
to heal them, to forgive them, to love them. May the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Amen.